You are listening to The Partner Podcast, relevant information to enhance the careers and improve the lives of partner-level attorneys. Produced by The Attorney Search Group, we grow law firms and accelerate attorney careers. Visit us on the web at attorneysearchgroup.com. For more than 20 years, Yolanda Cartusiello has served in senior administrative leadership roles in major law firms, including Debois and Plimpton and Cleary Gottlieb. She's led marketing teams, designed business development and media strategies, and implemented client development programs. As a consultant, Yolanda has worked with firms of all sizes on strategy, marketing, practice planning, client interview, and client journey mapping programs. She also coaches lawyers at all levels and marketing and business development skills. And I've got with me on the show today, Yolanda Cartusiello, partner of PPNC Consulting, and I'm excited to have her here today. I'd seen her speak before in a legal industry uh, at a conference and the topic for our podcast today is client journey mapping. Yolanda, welcome to the show today. I'm excited to have you. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on. I'm really excited to be here. You bet. And you've got an impressive career profile. I've checked you out. Okay. I've seen that you're the real deal. Absolutely. And, and so what kind of drew you into working as a consultant with law firms? You know, it's interesting because I've actually worked with lawyers pretty much my entire career inside of law firms. Love working with them. Really, really intelligent, interesting, exciting people. I know a lot of people wouldn't necessarily describe them that way, but that's how I find working with them. You know, they just spark you intellectually. And after having worked at some of the most lovely law firms in the world, I was really ready to go out on my own and start working with a variety of different firms and try to help them benefit from the experience that I had gained. That's great. And you've been there and done that, got the t-shirt. You've done highly (laughs) credentialed work in terms of client marketing and client development. So tell me, let's start with the definition. We're talking about client journey mapping. Let's start with that. What exactly is that? Sure. You know, it's interesting because client journey mapping is Uh, You know, every few years, there's a certain amount of marketing jargon that goes around, and I'm sure that your audience is familiar with this cycle. But the reason why I'm excited about client journey mapping is, although it is a phrase and it might feel like marketing jargon, it actually describes exactly what it is. It is literally putting down on paper the journey that your clients go through in order to work with you. And it is a process by which you yourself actually better understand your clients and figure out by yourself how to improve that journey for them, which helps them. And in turn, it actually helps you develop and expand your book of business. Well, that's interesting. That sounds good, but kind of paint a picture for me. What are the different variables that go into this client journey mapping tool or process? Or or how would you define it? Would you define it as a tool or a process or, or kind of both? So I think of it as a piece of plumbing. A client journey mapping is something that was used by and continues to be used by companies, Fortune 500s, Fortune 100s around the world to help them connect better with their clients. And it can be used in a variety of different ways. The way we're going to talk about today is the way in which law firms in particular lawyers can use it. What it is is it's really a process. It's really sitting down 
and coming up with the sort of the five or six questions that you need to ask your clients to get very specific and granular information mm-hmm. about the steps that they took to even get to the point of working with you and then the steps they had to take to continue working with you and what were the stumbling blocks along the way and what were the easy points along the way and really coming up with a map or a grid that helps you to better understand all of what goes into their journey as a client. And really what you end up with is a piece of paper, a physical piece of paper where you have written down or mapped all of the steps that they have taken to get to the point of working with you and actually getting to the point of reaching their end goal. And within that, you also see all the places where they've had stumbling blocks and all the places where things went really smoothly. And that in turn helps you do a better job of delivering better client service. You're basically getting the answers to the test. Exactly. That's exactly right. What a great way of saying it. In fact, I'm going to steal that from now. Yeah. I keep things simple. (laughs) I'm known for that. I'm known for kind of bringing it down to a a seventh grade level because I'm really (laughs) a seventh grade boy on the inside with good social breaks at work most of the time. So, but so, so we kind of keep it simple. It's, it's the answers to the test. And I think logically that's what everybody wants. I haven't put it in these, in these types of terms that you have before. I've, I've heard different variations of that. So tell me then, what would be the process? If a partner can do a client journey map, how is it that they would go about building this tool? Sure. And you know, here's the thing. First of all, I just want, I want you to know, and I want your audience to know, they don't actually need a me. They don't need a consultant to do this. This is something they can do on their own. There are lots of resources available on the World Wide Web. There are resources available on my website that they can use. You want to start with a template. You want to start with, okay, what are the questions I want to ask a client or frankly, a group of clients? It's better that you do it with more than one. A series of questions about how they got to the point of working with me and what it was like working with me along the way. And you do it by asking them about the stages. You don't ask, gee, what was it like to work with me? You say, how did you get to the point of hiring someone? Mm-hmm. What are the processes that you went through to do that? Was it easy? Was it hard? Where were the mistakes along the way that I or perhaps competitors may have made in trying to get your business? What are the things that surprised you? What was harder than you expected it to be? And what was easier than you expected it to be? What were the other kinds of things that were going on in the world, in your life that was influencing this decision? And what were the other stressors that you were facing? What were the challenges? And then you actually do that for every single, if you will, section of the journey. This may sound daunting and it may sound like, gosh, do I really want to put my clients through this kind of a conversation? The truth of the matter, though, is that you don't have to do it nearly as forensically as I am Mm -hmm. describing Mm -hmm. it. This could be a conversation that you have over a drink. It could be a conversation that you happen to have over a meal. And by the way, I have found in my work in client interviews on behalf of law firms that clients actually appreciate the questions. Interesting. Because they know where it's leading. They know that you're asking because you want to improve their experience. And the truth of the matter is right now in the world, whether we like it or not, this is true for all of us. Anybody could do what we're doing. They might not do it as well. They might not do it as in, in as distinguished a manner. It is very hard for clients 
to actually distinguish amongst us. I know there are many, many consultants who do what I do. Scott, you know, there are many people who do what you do. Mm -hmm. We each do it very distinctively and individually. But if a client comes to us and doesn't know us, they don't know that about us yet. That's right. That's right. And so what this allows you to do is this allows you to understand what's distinctive about what you're providing your clients, where you can improve, but almost as importantly, maybe even more importantly, what you do that's better than your competition. And I will tell you that from the interview work that I've done with general counsel, both on behalf of law firms and also on behalf of independent uh, surveys that I've conducted, general counsel will often say something to the effect of, I wish partners at law firms had to work in-house for a year before they became partners to really understand what I go through. And I have yet, I have yet to meet a general counsel that would not take the time to explain their experience and their journey to an interested party. So I tell partners who are listening to this now that your clients and potential clients are happy to have this conversation with you. You know, I find it interesting and brilliant, this concept that you have, because what you're doing, you're using those inflection points in the decision-making process as uh, focus areas. On Those are the inflection points in the process where they decided to say, yes, we're reverse engineering that now into our protocols of client development based on data. And I find another intrinsic benefit of this, or more of an ancillary benefit, is that you become closer to your clients when you ask them these sorts of questions. Have you seen that to be the case as well, Yolanda? You absolutely do. It is absolutely the case. And while I would love to take um, credit for the genius involved in this, I think we have to credit companies like Apple and before them IBM and before them many others that came before that have used this technique. You know, if you think about lawyers, what they are doing is they are actually trying their very best in the most earnest fashion to provide the best outcome possible for their clients. I have actually yet to meet a partner in a law firm who doesn't care deeply about the clients. And so what we're now doing is we're now creating a new paradigm by which you can get information that you actually haven't sought before necessarily in this way so that you can become closer to your clients to better understand what the decision-making process is before you get hired. And then also what the process is by which they create impressions of you after you've been hired, which is just as important. Absolutely right. It's just like in the words of Don Draper from Mad Men, the day you sign a client is the day you start to lose them. <laughs> it's exactly right. Everybody else is, is chasing after that client as well. And, right. exactly. and what's interesting, like I told you before, I used to own a training company. I would train recruiting firms on how to sell and how to uh, get business from their clients, very similar to what partners do because it's professional services. And I think that a lot of people, they get too comfortable with the client relationship and they don't realize that they have to continue to sell their value with each case, with each matter that they work on, that there's somebody else out there that might be able to charge a little bit less or might try to wedge their way in. So I'm, I'm kind of curious, what are some case studies? Maybe you can share an example, and you don't have to mention names, of course, but how did you help with a partner that might have had a book that was kind of flat or maybe a creative, and you were able to help that partner grow his or her practice significantly 
using your process? So I can give you several examples. The first of which is a partner at a mid-sized firm in the tri-state region who, frankly, actually had no idea the importance of one particular aspect of her practice that she was bringing to her clients. And through a series, yeah, through a series of conversations that she had with current clients, she actually found out that her most important selling points were things she was never talking about during the course of potential client meetings. And so we completely then changed the way in which she was going into sales meetings. And by the way, I know that the word sales meetings may be offensive to some people listening, um, and I apologize for that. What would be an an alternative name for a sales meeting? What would you call it? You know, you could call it a business development meeting. You could call it a pitch. You can call it a get to know you meeting. You could call it a, we heard that there's a matter on the table meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, you could call it Kigglywig. It won't make any difference. <laughs> but at the end of the day, if you know that there's potential work and you're going into a meeting and you're not actually telling people the reason why your clients love working with you and you're not giving them a, ra- a reason to distinguish you from the five other people that are probably walking in the door and having this similar conversation with them, then you haven't really put yourself in the best position to develop that work. That's right. So as a result of these conversations that she had with her current client, and as a result of the work that we did to, if you will, kind of reset how she went into these meetings, she was able to land several new clients. And and Several new clients was the difference between a great year for her and a decent year for her. Mm. So, and it continued to to reap benefits for years to come, right? Because these were clients she was able to hold on to as a result. Um, so that's one example. Another example is working with a law firm that wanted to provide business development and marketing training to their first through fifth year partners and taking them through a very intensive client journey mapping exercise where we brought in in-house counsel, not their own clients, but in-house counsel from a variety of different companies to sit down, tell them stories about their experiences and have the partners map through those experiences. And as a result of that, the new partners first through fifth came up with a completely different way in which they were going to approach providing client service for their current clients. And so what they were able to do is they were able to expand the work of the current clients of the firm through a higher focus on client service and client delivery. That's great. That just makes so much sense, Yolanda. Is there any resistance you've seen from firms that want to do this type of work? And if so, why is that? Sure. I have seen resistance from parts of firms where other parts of the firm want to do it. And that's very typical. I have yet to find a law firm where every single partner in the partnership thinks in a uniform manner and all comes to the same conclusion at the same time. Mm -hmm. So because of the natural way in which law firm environments work, you're going to find that some partners want to engage in these kinds of activities and others don't, which can be fine 
except when you're talking about clients that may cut across the entire firm. And so some partners will be upset that other partners want to actually have these kinds of conversations with their clients. Mm. So what you do in those situations is you start a pilot program. And within that pilot program, you maybe work with a small group of partners and you're very selective about the clients that get included in this kind of an activity. And you also, even within very large clients that cut across the firm, there are usually individuals with whom the partners who want to participate work and will not affect, if you will, or not adversely affect the relationship in any way. It won't seep out into other areas of the work that the firm is doing for this particular client. Mm -hmm. And you have those conversations and you start small. Now, I will tell you, there are probably client journey mapping purists out there that might listen to this and might cringe at the thought of just doing a portion of the work or starting small. But within a law firm structure, we have to be pragmatists and we have to be realistic mm-hmm. and we have to start where we can. You know, what you're doing is game theory. I don't know if you've looked at it that way before, yes. Yolanda. Yes. Yeah, I used, years ago, I used to be a professional card counting blackjack player. I've been kicked out of casinos. I've been banned from one of them. Two of the, really? Yeah, two of the alumni of the MIT blackjack team hey, I used Scott, to. I think I should be interviewing you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they taught me, two of the alumni of that team, I I had actually gotten pretty good at this because like I mentioned, I did a lot of sales training and I'd be in Vegas for sales meetings and I don't want to put money on the table unless I know what the outcome is. And the only game in the casino that allows you to do that is, is blackjack because there's a defect in the game and the game has a memory. The cards that have left determine what type of cards are remaining in the shoe. And if you know the math behind it, and can keep up with that, then you gain a mathematical advantage over the casino without breaking any laws. You're not doing anything yeah. illegal or immoral. You're just using your brain. The casinos don't like that, so they would end up kicking me out. And if I was in Vegas, I'd just go next door, come back to the next shift. And I don't do that anymore because after a year and a half, I didn't like doing math equations for eight hours a day with people <laughs> I, I would never choose to associate with willingly in, in a smoky environment. But what I learned from that was put money on the felt when you have an advantage. Yep. If you don't have an advantage, take actions to increase the odds. Yep. And that's, that's exactly what you're doing. Is that's exactly that, right. Yeah, you're, you're taking action to give you a greater advantage. And in many ways, I always look at, and this is one of the things just in my own client development is doing the same thing in my business and hence finding people like you that have content that is rich that helps partners, whether a partner wants to move through me or not, that's okay. As long as I give them content, I'm raising my profile, like I mentioned to you before. But you're giving them, like I said before, the answers to the test. You're giving them a distinct tool that can give them greater odds in a way that bonds them to their clients as they're going through that exercise. So what's there not to love in what you do? And so I find it interesting that what you do is so simple, yet it's brilliant. And, and that my only concern would be law firms that are afraid to ask clients those questions. And they might be finding it intrusive. Do you think that there are any firms or partners out there that just would uh, shudder at the fact that they've got to talk to their clients about these sorts of things? Yes, there are actually many firms where there are partners who would shudder at the concept that we're discussing right now. And so what I would say for those who are listening and are intrigued, better for you, because 
if you're the one person out of 100 that's willing to have this conversation with your client, you will become the one who is much closer. You will become the counter at the blackjack table. Yeah, right. I would say the other part of this is that, you know, law firms and lawyers spend a lot of time trying to figure out how they can best position themselves to develop more business and expand their book. And that's lovely and it's really important. But like you with the blackjack, really understanding the facts and really listening and looking and calculating is the part that law firms, I think, just don't do enough. Hmm. If I were to change one thing about marketing and business development for law firms and for lawyers, individual lawyers, what I would say is right now, you probably spend 80% of your time thinking and writing and putting something out there about yourself and 20% of your time really listening. I would switch that. I would do 80% listening, Hmm. 80% observing, 80% gathering information and 20% putting information out there and responding. That's great advice. So let's say a partner is listening to this. Do they have to work with a consultant on these types of things? What would you recommend? No, they do not have to work with a consultant. You know, you might want to go on to my website and get some basic templates that you can use. And we'll put that on the show notes, but it, is that the ppncconsulting.com? That's right. ppncconsulting.com and happy to send you more information, you know, articles. We have an ebook coming out on this. So you mm-hmm. don't actually have to work with a consultant. While I would love to get the business, I think it's wrong for consultants to behave like this is an area where they are required. They're not. The truth of the matter is that the best client journey mapping exercises are those in which lawyers themselves actually come up with the solutions to whatever problems they've uncovered. Right. Well, I know when I saw you speak, and and one of the things I want to talk about here in a second is just the services you offer to the legal industry. Uh, Your presentation was brilliant. You started with the story that was engaging. You took us high, you took us low, you gave us tactical action steps, and you closed with the reference back to that initial story. So it was just a perfect presentation. And so so if a firm wanted to hire you, what are sort of the, the services that you offer within the cadre of offerings that you have? So if a firm were or a lawyer were interested in hiring me, I've worked with firms on overall strategy projects, mm-hmm. practice planning, business development and marketing planning. I've helped law firms figure out what their marketing and business development function should be. I do a lot of client interviewing, which we've discussed at length today. I do a lot of interview programs for law firms and client journey mapping programs. But I also coach lawyers one-on-one, individual business development and marketing coaching for lawyers. Those are my primary areas of focus. That's great. Well, Yolanda, thank you for being on the show today. Your content is rich. I'm sure that people that listen to this will go back and listen to it again. And hopefully they seek you out and use your services. Thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank you for having me. It was just a delight. Thanks for joining me. And if you have ideas or recommendations for this podcast, please email me at scott at attorneysearchgroup.com. For more information about the Attorney Search Group and the services I offer as a sports agent for partners who want to find a better platform, visit me on the web at attorneysearchgroup.com.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.